Real kipper and born. Did you get a good break? I needed a little bit of a break. I'm just going to sit back for the next little while because we got Colby Armstrong. The arm dog. <laughs> What's up, Kippy? How you doing, buddy? Great hearing you. Welcome back, baby. Welcome back. Dun, 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 dun. Remember that? Or you, you, I'm, I'm way older than you. That's a welcome that back, baseball? Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. Do you guys Space not have like a good a guess. TV uh, rerun network? Hey, what, what what series did you grow up with, Colby? What was the number one? Saved by the Hold Bell. Up. Yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I actually got my uh, I got my kid during these like uh, quarantine stuff early in the in the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to show him all the stuff that was cool back in the day, right? So we did Saved by the Bell. We went through all some cool movies from back in the day, and then I got him I got him in a Fresh Prince, and he loves it. Fresh Prince is the best. Back to the Future, the best. Justin, how about you, bud? What was yours? What was I your think route? Colby and I must be about the same age because that sounds a lot like me. Colby, how old are you? I am 38. I'm about to yep. 39. I'm an 82. All right, I'll am... just sit. I'm the exact I'll same. Here, I'll just sit here in my rocking chair and listen to you guys talk. <laughs> I was Please actually laughing. Tell me your glasses are down at the end of your nose as you're, as you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I can... <laughs> Pretty much, I can buddy. Pretty much. Well, that's good. So what, what well, the hell have you been up to? About hockey. Okay, hold I on for a second. I am getting ready for hockey. I don't know if you caught any of our BS in the last hour, uh, but we were actually talking about, you know, philosophies on on coaching or parenting and really probably the same because you just you want to bring out the best of someone. But how are you as a parent, you and Mel, like uh, you, you've been at it the last little while. Are you are you the type of parent to let your kids figure it out on their own? Or are you like the rest of us idiots uh, for my generation who try to <laughs> to try to to try to do everything, you know, for our kids? I'm like a little bit of both. I think I'm getting better at relaxing. My son, who I'm actually out golfing with right now, is 11 years old. He has the golfing bug. I don't know when you guys got it. I didn't start golfing when I was like 23, but, you know, just letting him try to figure that out. You know how frustrating a brutal golf is. So this is another thing. He's playing hockey, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say we're fairly hands-on, but getting better at not worrying so much about that stuff and letting them worry about it themselves, which I think is super important. Super important. Of course, I think about sports with all this stuff, but I think it goes hand in hand with a, a lot of parenting things, right? Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, so I'll, I'll take you to the NHL then, Colby, and we're talking about our Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a Toronto Maple Leaf show. We're actually, instead of feeling guilty about talking about them on Hockey Central, we're, yeah. we're going to lean into it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know I could talk kids all day, right? That's okay, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to add one more point, Justin, before you yeah. go off on, on the NHL. For, for all our parents listening, as, as, uh, as Colby just alluded, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. And there's no question at that because you've got to sympathize with the parent a little bit. I mean, you're, you're running around. It's 530. There's traffic. You, the kid hasn't – there's – Four thousand dollars of fees, and you're like, just chase the puck for God's sake! Just, <laughs> like, 
tell your son, keep your hands down and keep your head straight. And... <laughs> oh, I know. That's all I do. I mean, I feel like that's all I do. So it just comes a point like you figure it out. Do it your way. Let's see I'm how it tired. goes and let's see how you work with it. Yeah, yeah it just, what do, it, what do you know, I know? I just made grind. millions of dollars in the NHL. Yeah, you figured out 11-year-old. Way to go. <laughs> All right, yeah. go, Justin. Well, okay, we're going to talk about the kids then. We're on the kids' topic about the Toronto Maple Leafs and how, you know, maybe they've been coddled, maybe they haven't. But, um, you know, where we think this team is at compared to last year. You know, the Leafs have been a team that can't break through but have all the talent in the world. Do you see or uh, predict anything different from this group in the future? Well, they're definitely, you've got to think, getting better at dealing with uh, disappointment, right? Like, like, I mean, how many years in a row has it been with expectations through the roof, with skill level and promise that this team has had? Um, you know, is that, you know, maybe is that our, our fault a little bit by us? I mean, like the media and, you know, the excitement around a lot of these really good players that they have. Um, maybe a little bit, but at the same time, where should they be, like, if they if they don't get past the first round this year, like see you later, like this has to be, this is a big year. This is a really massive year. I feel just for the disappointment, uh, the fact that Dubas came out at the end of the year and said we believe in these guys, we're sticking to our plan. This is what we're doing. Like that was like an ironclad seal that like this is our idea. This is what we think is going to work. This is on all of us. And I think a lot of heat will ultimately end up on on him. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can blame the players, but ultimately something's going to have to happen there. But uh, this is a huge year for expectations of where they should be. And I think this is a year that I think they understand going through the tough times to get over the hump. I really think this is a year for them. Okay. I'm going to throw this to you, Colby first, and then Justin. Okay. Yep. Does Richie and bunting outscore Zach Hyman? I say yes. <laughs> you do? Oh, man. Uh, I have a hard time thinking that if he's rolling along either McDavid or Or, or, or does, Zach, does Zach score 40 off his ass? <laughs> I think he could get I think he could get 30 off his ass and 10 off his shin pads. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think he's got a pretty good chance. But I do like the tenacity, I think the speed of bunting, I think the savviness and, and big bodiness that, you know, Kipper, how many times did we talk about bulls? You got to have bulls in your lineup. And I think they went and tried to address that last year with some veteran bulls. But I think, you know, he's another, Richie's a guy that can do that and play a Zach Hyman-like game, maybe not as fast, but play a Zach Hyman-like game to the fact that he's going to have a presence in that lineup. And I think that's important for this group. Yeah, I don't think no they're going to outscore Hyman. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, do you know, have you seen enough of bunting? I know you probably know Richie a little better, but uh, I yeah. didn't see a ton of it, but he had, he scored goals in a very short period of time in Arizona. And he's, he's shown, he's shown flashes of it. So, I mean, it's it's not it's I think it has a chance to be close. Like at the end of the day, if Richie and Bunting can co- score 15 goals each, um, yeah. you know, I mean, we don't think Matt or we don't think Kyman's going to score 40, do we? But no, no, 30, 30, 25, yeah, 30, 33. Sure. So it it should be probably closer than than you'd probably first think. 
You're hurting a lot of people yeah, and I deeply. Think, I, I think it's going to come down to opportunity too, right, with, with both those guys. And obviously we see Richie's going to likely get a shot to play with some pretty good players as a complimentary guy, which is important. Being complimentary guy is so important to being able to play with, with good players, create room, make plays. Can Bunting be the same guy? Is the sample size big enough to go fully in and say, yeah, he can produce and he can be one of those guys? 15. From, That's all you, you need know, out of Bunting. What you see... What you see from his speed, his tenacity, his ability to get to tough areas and the style of play that he has, you think that he'd be able with this skill, this group, and, you know, the depth of this group, especially up front, that he'd be able to get, like you said, that magic number of 15, and, which and is a fair number, I think. I think, I it's, think it's a, totally a fair, fair number, number too. to expect from a guy. And, like and be, a, be like Colby in his prime. Piss people off. Yes. Why is that? It, that doesn't happen anymore. You know what? Bring it back to the kids, Kipper. Like, I t- tell my kid, I tell my kid going to hockey, I'm like, dude, like, this is the way you're the nicest kid in the world. This is like hockey, though. Like, this is a chance you could actually be a jerk a little bit. Like, be a jerk out there. Like, assess the situation, look up the lineup and go, okay, what do I need to identify <laughs> as a player putting myself in this situation? Oh, they don't have many guys that can play like this. How do I make myself important? That's a good way to do it. Identify and go after it. Can, can guys do that? That's another question. But one thing you and Nick uh, failed to realize me, uh, is you shouldn't be mean to anyone, and we should all be nice uh, to each other. Ch- children's, <laughs> aid, children's Aid is on line one for Colby Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to teach him to get some snarl. He's way too nice, guys. If you guys met him, you'd agree. Yeah, I, I get that. I, uh, I've dealt with that myself. So, well, it's, um, it, it is a, it, you know, uh, we, we got into this a little earlier with Justin. It is a different philosophy. It is uh, that Kyle Dubas probably first came in, and, and that's just uh, his experience speaking. And I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I do think it's a good thing for sure. I think it is. I, I also, I, I, I think this group is. I don't want to say, like, war-battled. I think that would be, like, or tested, you know. I, I would say that's not the right term. But, you know, they've been through some some hard times as a core group with expectation and falling flat. And I think, you know, to the to the effect of being a little bit, you know, little little burr in your saddle, as they like to say, I think you can expect coming into this season with the ending last year that we, we may just see a Maple Leafs team you know, more determined or at least understanding of, of that difference that it's going to take um, with this group this year. So do these younger guys with that little anger and that little uh, little spit in their game make the difference? Um, I like to think so with the guys that they've got, that they've added. Uh, Sammy, should we take a couple of texts or uh, tweets, whatever you got for us, and we'll include Colby uh, in this? Sure, let me see what I got here. All right, how about this? how about this one, fellas? The three words, Battle of Florida, Capitals. Thoughts on that last night? You see that, fellas? Those guys are going after each other. Oh, unbelievable, right? Like, you're scrolling through, you know, for me, Twitter. I was at the Penguins game last night versus the Sabres. You know, ho-hum, ho-hum, preseason game, yawn. And then I get to, like, you know, hockeyfights.com and all this stuff. And, like, you know, this battle didn't leave. It's still there. It's still hot. Sam Bennett's losing his mind, fighting everyone. It was unbelievable, right? Like, that's where you want to see Corey Perry. I mean, there's grizzle falling off of this guy he's fighting. <laughs> uh, unbelievable to see kind of that hatred there. And I think it just ramps up kind of the expectation of of both of those teams with, with the rivalry that's heated up down in Florida with the way it's going to be because, you know, all the talks around what Florida's put together and how deep they are and how good they are here – 
Um, coming off back-to-back wins for Tampa with, with a hungry team like, like Florida that actually makes some noise. Um, I, think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it was awesome to see the other night. I think it's preseason, and to see that, is, especially from some veteran guys, is incredible. So, I mean, strap in for when those teams meet during the year. I think it's going to be electric. Yeah, Cole, we'd be crazy also when we're talking about expectations if we didn't get your take on the Penguins there because I, I kind of feel mm-hmm. like they are the biggest wild card in the NHL. If you told me the, the Penguins finished 25th or 5th this year, it would make total sense to me. What, what do you expect from them? <laughs> well, they won their division last year, and I didn't know if that was possible considering you know where they were mid-year and then injuries down the stretch, finding ways to win. I mean, it was it was incredible to see – what they were able to do. I mean, obviously, you know, the playoffs were nowhere near what I think they, they had planned or, but, you know, Malkin out, Crosby out, uh, Malkin longer, um, Zach Aston Reese, who's a big, uh, you know, third line defensive checking forward for them. Um, out with COVID Jake Gensel just got put on COVID protocol as well. The other day mm. when they get him back for the, uh, you know, hopefully for the start of the season, but, um, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, they, they had some guys with some breakout seasons, just to name a few. Cody Cece, he's gone to the Oilers. I mean, who saw that coming? But he was really solid and good for the Penguins this past year. Um, and then how do guys like, you know, Danton Heinen and, and McGinn and these guys kind of meld and fit in? And how, how do they survive through at least the start of the season without the two-headed monster, right? Like, this is going to be a real challenge coming out of the gates this team. And, and can they survive long enough to get those guys comfortable? back and, and healthy so you're right you're right Justin I think 100% like what do we expect I mean I don't know and then last night during the game Mike Sullivan gets hit in the head with the puck he had to go off for yeah, he got zippers eh? everything is, <laughs> I mean oh how are God. people like everything's happening so yeah even the we, coach is taking it boys this brings us to our next topic probably coach safety I know player safety coach safety should this guy be wearing a helmet on the bench oh my God there was one game with the Rangers where uh, a puck came in and hit Dick Todd and he started just bleeding. <laughs> and, and there was like, <laughs> there was, there was four of us in the press box and I'm not going to say who yelled it, but it was, you hit the wrong guy. You hit the wrong guy. <laughs> was it Keenan? You guys Keenan was right Keenan? beside him. <laughs> he probably hid behind him, eh? He's- I can say that as a credit to Mike Sullivan. He did return. He did there return to the bench later in the game with zippers on his forehead. Old school hockey tough. Colby, if there was one uh, team that I thought could easily have a different look in that, it was Pittsburgh. Uh, DeSmith yeah. goes the distance last night. Tristan Jari still there. I am really surprised that they didn't kind of tweak this, at, to say the least. Well, you know, they did. They <laughs> If you look at it one way, they did. Andy Kyoto, Toronto boy, uh, was the goaltending scout coach through the organization. A lot of time in Wilkes-Barre with a lot of guys coming through with teaching and instructing and working with guys. And, you know, that's the switch that they made. Uh, Mike Buckley, the goalie coach out, and uh, Andy Kyoto in. So is that enough to, you know, really? Because I think Tristan Jari is a good goaltender. I really do. I think we've seen him good in spurts. And I think obviously when you go to be the head guy or the starter, can you handle that workload? We saw Matt Murray falter when he was putting that. Um, you know, there's a big difference between splitting games and fighting for the net with Marc-Andre Fleury to being, you know, the guy. And that's a lot to wrap your head around and a lot of weight to carry and a lot of games to carry and wins to 
you know, be expected to get. So can Tristan kind of mentally like wrap his head around rebounding one off of last year? I mean, there were some gaps in the playoffs that I think are, you know, real tough to get over. Um, but at the same time, can he rebound and kind of wrap his head around being that starting guy, you know, what it's going to take to manage the expectations throughout the season, throughout long stints, right? Like you can't just have one month and then just say, see you later. You have to, you have to be a bear. You have to be a beast. And, and he's young enough. He's solid enough. He's sound enough. We've seen good chunks of his game where it's been good enough. It's just, can he wrap his head around, I think, more mentally than it, than All right, listen, go to, to be the guy. Go coach your kid, uh, and it's the short game. That's what he's got to focus. Don't don't try to be like uh, uh, DeChambeau there and, and bomb it 417 oh, yards. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Cruz, put it back in your feet. Put it back in your <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> Kobe Armstrong. <laughs> coach of the dad of the year. Thanks, Thanks, pal. <laughs> All right. Kobe we'll Armstrong, everybody. Oh, that was fun. He doesn't disappoint that guy. But I did love the idea of doing a couple more texts that uh, we started to do with Colby there. Do you want to take a couple more, Kipper? Oh, for sure. All right, let's do it. All right, sorry. Hey, I was, you know, I'm trying to do sign language over here, trying to give you all the different signs for you, Kipper. Sorry to confuse you there, buddy. But that was a good throw to break that we didn't take. So uh, good job by you there. Well, just save it and then just put play it in the can it. for another day. Put it in the can for another. Day. <laughs> All right, here's a here's a more uh, a more general NHL one here outside of the Leafs. Pick for the best division in the, in the NHL, and does Seattle have a battle for the playoffs? Thanks from Mark and Brampton. That's a great question. You know, the immediately my thought is the Pacific has to be the worst. That's the only thing I think I know for sure. The Atlantic is so top-heavy, but the bottom is so bad. It's tough to give it to them. I guess the Central, with St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Chicago. Like, that's got to be the one, isn't it? Yeah. I'm impressed guess, you knew all those uh, yeah, all the, I, after being in the North. I'm impressed you knew all those teams in the, in the Central. That, that was a quick Google kit. I, I got oh, attaboy, attaboy. <laughs> I, I just, guys, I just think of, of Seattle, and I, I think I was convinced that they, they – want to look good or look competitive, but they're not quite ready to commit. And then they go sign Grubauer to that contract. And I'm like, they, they got to make the playoffs now. Do they not? When you go and get that goalie at, at that division. price. And I just, I don't know. I, I just think that to, to compare them to Vegas and to think that they have a chance to create that magic is just, I think fool's gold right now. Well, I think so too, and I actually I've been I love having a conversation about Seattle because I you know everyone is so blinded by what Vegas did. They're like, oh, Seattle, same thing. You get everyone sort of eighth best player. Look at what you could do. They signed a couple of guys free agents. I don't know who's gonna who's gonna score goals for this team. Like their top scorers are you know Eberle, Eberle. thirty one. He's thirty one years old. Like. I don't know. Jaden Schwartz, Yanni Gord's not playing. Wenberg is a is a highly paid guy. I just don't see where the goals are coming from with Seattle. When they did that expansion draft, I you thought when they you could have treated yourself to one guy, you know, like they just didn't take any of the big star yeah. type of guys that were available. You could have gone and been like, yeah, yeah maybe no, you know, but... maybe a Duchesne, maybe one of these guys, take yeah. a star, maybe have a little no. bit of cachet. Do you not agree, Kipper? Uh, yes and no because we we've seen success off of not having a superstar too and you know even seeing the Montreal Canadiens last year you know they're 
their biggest superstars in goal at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. but by committee, you can be a shutdown team. You can maybe win a few games, and I th I think what I'm seeing out of this is a team that better better check well and better get great goaltending, and I think that's that's their plan, and they're sticking to it, and then eventually maybe. I don't know, Appleton and Tanev can start chipping away with a goal here and there and, and win some games, but there is no superstar, as, as Justin just kind of alluded to. Eberle's a good player, and but he's not he's, he's not a, a game-breaker. No, the, the core of Vegas, when they got the, like, Marcheseau and Carlson, um, and, you know, when they had their, their good first year there, those guys were 26, 27 years old. Like, the guys here that are expected to carry the weight, you know, Donskoy's 29, and Gord's 29, and Schwartz is 29, and Everly's 31. Like, I just don't see anyone having career years this year, I guess is my point on their scoring. They got Alexiak, Dunn, uh, Giordano on the back end. Defend, defend, defend. That's, That's what, what you see. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to the Leafs here, fellas. Yeah. Uh, do you see any big mid-season trades happening to address the top six? And that's from Craig, uh, Craig M. on Twitter. I would say that's directly tied to our earlier conversations about the success of Nick Ritchie and Michael Bunting, mm. uh, which is also directly tied to Alexander's Ker Alexander Kerfoot's employment with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, if they can't get success out of those top wing spots, I think they will have to seek out someone. And to make room for that, it's probably at the expense of someone like Alexander yeah. Kerfoot. Kipper? It's going to be so hard because... To, to truly make an impactful trade, teams are going to be looking for another first-rounder from the Leafs. And I think by the time the Leafs have one, Justin's my age. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how they've given up. And the one that stings the most right now, boys, is the one for Nick Foligno. You yeah. gave up a first-rounder, and you don't have anything to show for it. And that one really stinks. I'm not going to say who said it last year at the midpoint, but I said Sam Bennett, Sam Bennett, Sam Bennett. If they would have given up Nick Foligno's first rounder, they would have had Sam Bennett. And, uh, and Sam Bennett would still be a Leaf today. But hindsight, uh, right? Who, who needs someone who looks like he can score and fight? Who needs that? Yeah, he was the one who ran <laughs> Vasilevsky last night. Yeah, I know he started was, uh, the whole mess. He was he was quiet in Calgary, but I he's sure looking like he's got it sorted again in Florida. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Here's a here's a Marner text. Marner certainly does seem to be the whipping boy in all this. I agree with the center idea, and I think of him in terms of an Adam Oates. I think he's one of the best two hundred foot players in the league. But here's the part of the question. Do you think he's held to a higher standard because he's from Toronto? Go Leafs, DJ in Bowser, British Columbia. Uh I don't know about it because he's a Leaf or a Toronto guy. I, I just, I honestly believe that people just don't see him uh, as good as Kyle and and others, and obviously Brendan Shanahan. I mean, they gave the guy almost $11 million a year. They do see that he is one of the top players. You know, if you even talk to other people and, you know, uh, even Cooper in Tampa. Cooper had him at the World Championship. And I remember out of the blue uh, having a conversation with John Cooper, and he just 
he just couldn't shut up, to be quite honest with you, how much he loved Mitch Marner and how good Mitch Marner was back then for him. Like, it was, go ask him again. And I would think that he would hold Mitch Marner in the same regards as he has with Braden Point right now. Uh, and and we and listen, say what you will about Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman. The the guy that John Cooper thinks that the 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 world revolves around is Braden Point, and I don't think he's wrong. And I don't. Th- there's people out there that say Mitch Mitch is that guy. He is a Braden Point, and he can he can do the stuff that Braden Point's doing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we'll see as early as this next week. If that's true, starting on the power play. Yeah, the, and, the Toronto and, thing. And then, and then did you Justin, feel more pressure, though, because being and, from Toronto? No, not at all. Uh, no. I mean, but yeah, come on. I mean, I'm a fourth line slug who just came in and had a cup of coffee. and You didn't you know, make 10 9 ride, per year? Tried to ride the coattails of uh, Doug Gilmore and Elliot and Felix at the time. But uh, it's. I don't think I don't think again um it's it's a Toronto thing. I think it's just for whatever reason Mitch came in uh early as as one of the top picks in his draft class and yet the Leafs especially Babcock wanted to throw him as just another prospect, just another prospect and it was it was just it was just set up from day 1 that you know Mitch is a nice kid but he's not Austin Matthews, and it's it, he's, it's been hard for him to come out of that. Do you want to do one more, Sammy, or yeah, where are we at? I, got, I mean, yeah. I got here we go. Uh, so we were talking about about Matthews, uh, kind of when his production kind of went away there. And this uh, nameless person said, "You don't think that Matthews' wrist had something to do with the dimish- diminishing shot? Come on, Kipper." So he was a little sour at you, bud. <laughs> I listen. It's a it's a fair comment. I don't. Uh, to to what extent did did Marner or uh, did Matthews shot uh, lose ten fifteen percent? It was enough to need a surgery or get cleaned up. Uh, I, I I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that, but uh, clearly I, we saw more issues than just the fact that Matthews. I I mean, did you think that his it was abundantly clear that his shot had disappeared? I. I I didn't get that sense in the last three games. So uh, the other day I went through, just because I'm this, uh, you know, I'm a nerd. I went through and I watched Matt, Matthew's chances from the, that series just to see, you know, what was going on. Almost every time he shot the puck, there's no one at the net and no one going to the net and no one around him. He's on a rush up the ice on a one-on-two. He's, you know, got the puck on the flank and the power play, but, you know, unscreened or whatever. I don't know that he was doing anything all that differently, but the action around him seemed very different. So maybe his wrist was hurting him and he couldn't shoot it quite as good. Uh, but he didn't have – they didn't have people in the right areas, and that's because, I think because Montreal defended as well as they did. You know, They kept uh, Hyman away from the net, and Marner wasn't his usual self, and I think those things really affected him, and not just the quality of his wrist or that people took him away. He just – I don't know. There was, no, there was no traffic at the net when he was getting chances. And again, you're, you're... – you're going up against a, a Montreal Canadian team that it's not like uh, they didn't show that they could play that style. It was just a year earlier. Like, go back to that Pittsburgh Montreal series in the bubble and how frustrated 
was Sidney Crosby against the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I believe me, I'm I'm one of those guys that started the series and said there's just no chance for Montreal to beat this uh, this team that's shown all season long uh, in the Canadian division that there's no one in their class. But Doug McLean reminded me of this. It's the playoffs, man. It's it's a different beast uh, when it comes to X's and O's and taking away lanes and, and all of that. And I thought the skill would overcome all that. But Gallagher said it best. If we just get one goal, we'll think it's enough to win. That's a, yeah. that's a scary philosophy in the playoffs, especially if you got a goalie that you really believe can do that. Yep. So, uh you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, Kipper, but, you know, it's not a text line question. It's my own question for you is looking at the new American panel coming up this year. You know, the ESPN has rights. TNT has rights. Wayne Gretzky is going to be on a panel. And you made the trans- transition yourself from NHL player to analyst. I know you're not Wayne Gretzky. There is a slight difference in uh, your stature and, and the rest of that. <laughs> But I'm the Wayne but. Gretzky of broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Can Wayne become the Wayne Gretzky of broadcasting? How do you think he's going to do? How tough is it to make that transition? Where has Wayne Gretzky ever failed at anything in his life? I, I and, and I know people are, are doubting it. They are. And I'm like, man, this guy has wanted everything he's ever done his whole life. And, and stood out and it may not it may not be shock kind of analysis or uh, you know he might not have a lot in terms of say a, a Barkley or a, or a Shaquille O'Neal but I, I've, I've interviewed him probably a good half a dozen times on one-on-ones where I just sat there and it was like the fastest 10 or 15 minutes. He has stuff, he has things to say, and he has a philosophy, and he's got a belief. And, you know, you ask him about raising kids, he'll he'll give thought-provoking answers. I think he's going to do great. I really do. I, I, I'll i listen to him. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm also from his generation, so I've been accustomed to really paying attention every time he spoke and most often not thinking it's, you know, gospel so i mean as far as kids your age justin or younger i don't know um well i hope i hope they stop and listen to him because i I think he's got a ton to say yeah well that yeah that is uh it's a great question i think they've got uh, paul beeson beesonette beside him on the panel so uh there if they if it is a younger generation seeking it out there is going to be a a different type of personality on the panel there with them if you want someone to provide a little shack and chuck type analysis um but yeah it's it's different just, i i only ask because i know wayne gretzky is this soft-spoken nice guy yeah. and in we haven't seen too many people thrive with that personality in this business so just That's say it man you think he's gonna suck Go ahead. No, I would never say that, ever. I would never say that. I, I It's hard. It's hard to, to do this without, you know, stepping on toes. Call He's got up. a million relationships. He's got Call a million relationships. Call him up and give him some advice. <laughs> Should I? Should I yes. Wayner. Yes. Wayner. 
Here's how you can land yourself a radio gig with Nick Kiprios if things pan out. I'll tell him. Well, you, you probably got to get past Biz Nasty and and uh, Darren Pang on the phone call, and then it then maybe they'll give you Wayne. <laughs> yeah, pro- probably not even in that case. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I am excited that the the U.S. Uh, side of things is going to have sort of an elevated focus on this. I, I mean, I spent years in the U.S. as a player watching Sports Center and just dying for a hockey highlight, like just dying, like living in Alaska. And at the time, the NHL was on the Outdoor Life Network, and it would show one game a week on like a yeah. Tuesday night. And if you missed it, you just missed the hey. NHL for the week. It's still a challenge, man. 2021, and you know, go go back to Fox. What year were you born? Eighty-two. Do you remember the the glowing? Yeah, you remember the glowing puck then, puck, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. When yep. was that? Uh, 93, 94, somewhere around Later. there. And how this thing was gonna just change the world for hockey in the U.S. And now we're here. We are like. 20 plus years later and we're talking about <laughs> panels that'll change the hockey world in the u.s they might bring the glow puck back if fox guy gets some rights okay. don't rule it out they got laughed at beyond belief that glowing puck for fox and we all laughed at it especially up here in canada and yet i can't do without it watching golf on the weekend I, I can't i Gives love me it. the pro tracer i love it so there you go yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Love it in golf. Hated it on Fox. All right. What did you think of the show today? All right. We gave parent find, parental advice. We we, we kind of told people, and Colby kind of put the cherry on top. You know, don't coddle your kids. That's the moral today's story. You've been listening to Real Kipper and Born. We'll see you tomorrow.